Blog Talk Radio. It's June 30, 2019. Hello and welcome to Working for a Living Radio Show, where progressives for change present opinions that matter. Tonight, we're joined by co-host Jeff Brown, and I'm your moderator, Leroy McKnight. Please remember, good leadership is never about power and control, but rather for the honor and the privilege of serving the members in the interest of the membership. Working for a Living Radio Show is a member of the Michigan Association of Broadcasters and is syndicated by Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, Listen Now, and you may follow us on Twitter as well. Welcome back, listeners, and apologies for the last-minute canceling of last week's show. As during the torrential rain, we had some flooding issues here in the office last week that lasted for several days. Okay, Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. A little tired, but I've been doing a lot yeah. of things around here, but I'm okay. Yeah, I see you got a lot of stuff going on around your place. I see you got a really nice... Brand new, well, maybe not brand new, but a new to you for sure, roll-top desk there. That looks pretty sharp. Yeah, it's very nice. And for the deal, I couldn't pass it up. And these are two little areas that need to be refinished, but I'm not worried about it. Everything works. It's nice. Oh, good. Yeah. I uh, bought a new bed finally. And hopefully I can sleep better at night. I can keep the cats off of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the battle, keeping the cats off of it. Well, it's been, uh, you know, a little interesting around here the last couple of weeks. We we, uh, had, as you know, there were just torrential rains here a week week ago. And that last day, so... Uh, we had some issues in the lower levels uh, of the office, so I, uh, I really didn't even have access for a little while to the to the office here. So many apologies again to all the listeners. So that's been kind of what's going on around here. Uh, the Fourth uh, of July holiday is upon us. Uh, out of respect, and it'll be one of the announcements later, but out of respect of work-life balance for the staff here and uh, all the listeners around the world. Uh, we won't have a show next week. Uh, and we'll return. Uh, that'll be the 7th. There won't be no show. And we'll return on the 14th of July. Uh, having said that, uh, uh, that's about all I got that's kind of new around here. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on and has been during this last couple of weeks. Holy sm- smokes, I tell you. So let's uh, let's get into this, Jeff. I'll... Um, uh, you know, I, I, I guess probably we should recognize that there's been just an enormous amount of, you know, murders and suicides, shootings, and one woman was kidnapped, apparently kidnapped and tortured, cut up and burned to death. Good Lord. And, of course, there's all of this stuff at the border with the separation of families and these kids you know, they they made an argument in court this past week that said they didn't need toothbrushes or soap and they could sleep on the floor. Uh, every one of the judges were just aghast at that. So uh, let's just 
for all of those people, let's have a moment of silence, just in honor and reverence for each and every one, but we can only have one moment of silence. Please, a moment of silence. Thank you very much, everybody, for indulging that. It's just some, there's just some horrible things going on. And, uh, you know, New York's had a, seven suicides of police officers, six, I'm sorry, in total, four this month, four this month. Just, just really sad. I, I have a friend that's retired state police officer, and he says, you have no idea the stress that you face every day not knowing who you're coming in contact with ever. So um, let me start with the announcements, Jeff. I'll start with number one, and then we'll just go off and on uh, uh, throughout these. Working for a Living Radio Show continues to support Medicare for everyone, to support the end of corporations being considered legal citizens, to support the UAW's boycott of Mexico-built Chevy Blazer, and vehemently opposes Detroit Three Corporation's to outsource and move work out of the United States while they continue to use the U.S. as a target market. Uh, number two, thank you to all our new listeners. Choose numbers of listeners have redoubled again this month. Please keep telling just one friend about the show. Again, many thanks to all of our listeners. Yeah, the number's looking really good, Jeff. Holy cow. Uh, number three, the Toledo nurses rejected their contract. They did not ratify it. Number four, after a seven-hour and 50-minute strike, Mascara, if I pronounce it, ratified disagreements by 93%. Number five, GM announced the seventh-generation Camaro has been canceled and the Camaro nameplate will be killed off and shelved after 2023. That's, that's almost like Ford killing off the Mustang, in my opinion. Um, the number six, the last front engine C7 Corvette just sold for $2.7 million. Right, that's... Uh, I hope that Ford doesn't kill off the Mustang. And uh, this this Corvette is going into the next iteration, and it will be a a mid-engine, evidently, from all uh, reports and some of the sightings that we've had. I actually saw some a year ago up in in Cadillac. Uh, There were three of them there, all, you know, uh, black and white, uh, you know, cloaking. But uh, they look pretty sharp. They were pretty pretty sharp. I was pleased. I got some yes, pictures of them. Yes, they Yeah, and they're they're going to be a hot little car. There's some of them up real close, to, if not more than a thousand horsepower. So, well, number number seven. Out of respect for everyone's work-life balance, there will be no show next next week on July seventh, and we'll return on the fourteenth. Please, everyone, have fun and stay safe during the Fourth of July holiday and holiday week. We really wish you the best, the very best, and and uh, we we'll look forward to you coming back here on the 14th. Many thanks to all of our worldwide investigative reporters that have helped us formulate uh, the, this and other shows uh, in the past and uh, look into the future uh, for some other shows that will be coming up. Uh, uh, 
let's see. Uh, I think I do. I think I, I wrote that wrong. I'm going to do the um, odd ones, odd ones here. So, uh, and this is email and messages. It used to be the temporaries were only used for summer help, and that comment was made in an open media comment from, and that was actually an article in one of the newspapers from a local union president in the Flint area, and we withhold the name because we don't want to get anybody in trouble because this is not necessarily a supporter of ours, but uh, we don't want to imply that either. It's in the media, so but it's an interesting thing, and we have talked at length about why that is. Okay, we'll go into this just a little bit. Uh, the Constitution says no, more, no greater than uh, three consecutive months for work permits beyond the regular membership that we have. Uh, and in the past, uh, when the colleges let out the uh, first uh, full week Saturday uh, in May, they would hire, and then those folks would get their three months in, uh, in uh, their 90 days, that is, uh, early August, maybe the 10th of August, but they still had another three weeks or so into the Labor Day end of vacation season. So they would actually make another hire, the corporations, at the end of May, and those folks could fill the uh, balance of the vacation period uh, the last two to three weeks in, uh, prior to the Labor Day holiday. And they would calculate that accordingly. Uh, so there were actually uh, many times uh, they, they staged two hires in for the summer help, but nobody in the past, prior to 2007, uh, were hired as temporaries beyond the 90-day um, period in for summer help. And uh, we expect to enforce that portion of the agreement. Uh, UAW President Gary Jones has stated this is a clean slate contract, so anything that's left in it or not removed uh, or added to uh, that violates the Constitution, we'll be looking at it very closely, and we will enforce the Constitution on the bargaining team and the approving International Executive Board signatures to the contract approving signatories, including the executive officers as well as the regional directors. Please, everybody, be aware we will, this group, whatever you want to name us, is dedicated to enforcing the Constitution against the CBA, collective bargaining agreements. Okay, that's enough said about that. Jeff, go ahead. Number two. Thank you all for helping build solidarity every week. My department now has 85% of our members wearing red T-shirts every Wednesday and remain withheld. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. That's uh, really, really good. And we're looking forward to more of those sort of uh, uh, emails and comments coming into the uh, contract season. Actually, you could tell your neighbors outside of our union because it's kind of a good thing just to tell the elected leaders of our country 
that don't forget about us. Uh, it's a wonderful way to build solidarity. A lot of people are talking and giving lip service to it, but this is actually happening. This is UAW's policy. We're just helping helping support it here. Thank you very much for the, for your comment, and thanks, Jeff, for that. Uh, three, number three, regarding Volkswagen, some things that needed to get to be said uh, to the workers about the vote and simply were not said, such as no German work styles council and no neutrality agreement will be part of your up or down yes or no vote. Of course, the 2B announcement that, that I abbreviated, and I think I missed that, the, the Region 2B announcement on Thursday uh, uh, during their vote for this announcement was uh, on, and gosh, uh, 2B, the Region 2B announcement on Thursday for the nurses to return to work didn't help the vote either. And, uh, they didn't explain that well, but I'll uh, get into that in a second. And, and there is the fact that we invited them into our house and hadn't cleaned the living room, dining room, bathrooms, or the kitchen. Very sad, name withheld. Um, they, the, the announcement by Region 2B for the nurses to return to work during a strike or be permanently replaced was made on Thursday during the Wednesday through Thursday vote at Volkswagen. That did not help at all, and um, it was a defeatist type of message from that regional director, Richie Rankin, and I heard a lot of comments about that defeatist uh, um, presentation by him. I, I tell you, a lot of folks were really, really angry about that. Jeff, you want to take number four? Unless you got any more comment on that? Sure. Nope. In our Louisville, Kentucky area, thugs are stealing guns from people's cars and going on shooting sprees. Nearly every night, innocent people are being shot. The police have asked people not to leave their guns in their cars overnight. Please mention this on your show. Um, first of all, why are you having guns on the plant property? If that's happening, um, I would never leave my gun in my car overnight. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so I, I'm confused by this one, Leroy. Yeah, people leaving guns uh, in their cars. Yeah, they, uh, it's been further reported uh, to me by another person that uh, the uh, 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 video cameras in some of the apartment parking lots and some of the homes, driveways where they have their car outside, these uh, criminals are coming in, and the only place they're, they're breaking into the car, the only place they're looking is, under the seat, in the console, and in the glove box. And that's the only places that guns are typically kept. And when they find them, and they've seen several just grab the gun and go, uh, then, you know, these guns are found later, uh, you know, as um, part of a shooting. And, you know, not only the people that had the gun, I guess everybody in Kentucky carries a gun, and just a matter of where they have, they might have two or three of them, you know, who knows. But uh, but typically they they've been 
leaving their guns in their cars at night, and you know these thugs just come and get them. So that's uh, contributing a, a lot. So if you're in that area, or in general, you know it's not a good practice to leave your gun in your car, especially if they're you know you know that they're coming to raid your car. You know if they think that you likely have a, a gun. Uh, and they're they're just checking under the seat, in the console, and in the glove box. They're not looking for anything else. They're not stealing radios. Uh, you know, no airbags are being stolen. Nothing's being stolen except guns. So be careful. I guess that's around the country. Just keep you know just a word to the wise. I mean, this person wrote in asking us to make that a, a announcement here. So and by an email. So. Having said that, any, any questions? Does that kind of clean that up for you, Jeff? Yes, it does. Okay, thank you. Uh, number five, uh, thank you for explaining what at-will employment is on your show before the Volkswagen vote. I actually think it helped, but it wasn't enough. Name withheld. Enough said about that, I guess. I mean. Yep. Number six. For this week's 4th of July holiday, please remember to buy union-made products for your barbecue. Some are Coca-Cola, Real Aid chips, Budweiser beer, Byers ice cream, Foster Farms fresh chicken, Oscar Mayer hot dogs, Butterball hamburger on Franks, Heinz ketchup, French's mustard, and Weber's Q-series grills. I used to work at Frito-Lay, Leroy, years ago here in Allen Park. Yeah, Allen Park over here off 94 by the big uh, Union Royal Tire back in the early 80s. And um, at that time, they had 33 Frito-Lay plants across the country, and only four of them were unionized, and ours was one of them. (laughs) When I was there, they were talking about shutting the plant down then back in the 80s and they finally shut it down around 2004 I think it is yeah 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 I have another friend that was there went during the shutdown and he he had to go to Coca-Cola uh, he's, he's from Youngstown as well like you know a lot of our listeners are but he's over in Canada now but that yeah he got uh, on that risk reduction in force yeah, that's it's kind of an interesting little little thing, you know. I mean, you know, that's kind of cool, Jeff. I and mean, it's good that you worked there too for a little while. It's kind of fun. Yeah, glad that they're unionized. Some of them still want that. So. Yeah, not um, many. Um, how yeah. they would unload the potato trucks and back the truck up on this ramp, and the ramp would tip the front end of the truck at a forty-five degree angle, and all the potatoes would run down. How the them. Well, they, yeah, they, you know, some of the, the 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 grain trucks, they just back the truck up, un unhook it from the truck itself, and they pick the trailer up and tip it up and drop drop them in there. They do that for grain and and for like beets as well, uh, but grain in particular, I know they're doing that at the uh, um, there's the uh, alternative fuel uh, thing where they making uh, whatever the E85. Uh, stuff. They're, they got a couple plants uh, west of uh, the Greater yeah. Land doing that. Yeah, so. um, my my plant used 
My plant used uh, railroad cars to okay. deliver the grain. It pulls a car up into the plant and then drop down on the conveyor system. And that's how it worked there. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with that, uh, number seven, uh, I watched the Democratic debates. I heard a lot of promises, but no substantive solutions, and no one mentioned anything about unions. It appears to be all about themselves, and a photo of them raising their their hands dis destroys every one of them. I'm very sad. Name withheld. Um, that says a lot about the debates and about the candidates that are currently running. We haven't had a labor candidate since, arguably, since Truman, and least we forget, lest we forget, that Abraham Lincoln once split logs into uh, rails for fences, split rail fences, and, you know, he actually knew what a good hard day's work, and a hard day's work in a cold glass of water wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hurt him. Some of these people on that, on that stage, hard day's work in a cold glass of water probably kill them. So, uh, you know, they do what they do. Uh, it's it's kind of sad uh, when we have, uh, you know, above the line and below the line. And I'll get into this a little bit while we're on this subject. Most of the candidates that you're seeing, well, all of them, are polarized on the left and the right. And they don't understand that most of the country's in the middle. You know, uh, and that's where the battles are, are, are won, the election battles, in the middle. You know, you're always going to have your base out there. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that the electorate has changed. And I have some acquaintances that are uh, global PR people, the kind that go to Davos, Switzerland, and advise all the corporations and uh, elected officials. And as it happens, the electorate has changed, like, like I just said, and it's now a line. Above the line means government policies are working for you. And below the line means government policies are not working for you. And Trump gets this without question because he has his base above the line. So when he says mega, make America great again, he's not talking to them. They're all happy. Who he's talking to are the people below the line. The 62% below the line that are hoping beyond all hope that the country will right itself again. And he tells them he's going to make America great again. At the same time, he gave all of his pals above the line tax breaks, and he's going to give them another one for uh, this uh, uh, tax on... Uh, Sale stock, sales of stock, uh, 
uh, capital gain tax. They're going to cut that tax now. And so they're going to index it so that it's within you know, the base, basis price. That's where the buying price is based on inflation or something. They're going to index it up so that they don't have to pay as much tax on it. They pay from the cost of purchase to the the, uh, the sale price, and that difference is what they have to pay tax on now. They're going to change that to a smaller number for those folks, uh, just for your information. Uh, I don't want to get too into this, but uh, the people below the line saw their tax returns go down substantially, and yet he's telling them, and they're listening and paying attention, at least 30% of them of that lower, below the line. And they're saying, yeah, he's making the country great. Look at what he just did in Korea and look at all the things he's doing. He's bringing jobs back. He got those tariffs on there in Mexico and China. And those tariffs were adjusted instantly by the cost of the yuan money and the Mexico peso. It just didn't hurt those countries one bit. The only thing it did was raise prices here in the United States. That's it. Because the money adjusted. So don't be fooled by that. It sounds good. Make America great again. He's talking to below-the-line people when he says that. Don't be fooled by mega. Now, some of you are not liking to hear that, but that's the fact. People with a whole lot more uh, annual income than anybody I know personally. I mean, some of these people are making three, four, five million dollars a year advising people of this very fact. Okay, that's some healthy money. Mega is t- designed to talk to the people below the line. So those poor people will be hoodwinked into voting for him. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but because it's one of our bullet points here tonight. So, having said that, that's the end of the uh, uh, emails. Thank you for and comments. Thank you for everyone for your your comments and writing in, or getting contacting us and let us know all of this. We very much appreciate that. Thanks. Keep it up. Uh, Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, This week's definition, and I didn't uh, clean that up from the last time a little bit, but this week's definition is protected concerted activity. And it is concerted activity by a union or non-union worker that is protected by Title 29 U.S. Code Section 157. Okay, it is concerted activity that is protected. It's not concerted protected activity, as some people errantly have been throwing out, those those that are less educated in such things. Uh, The concerted activity is protected. There is no concerted protected activity. It's, uh, you know, the adjective is protected and the, the activity is concerted, so protected concerted activity. Having said that, uh, let me read it real quick for you, if I can bring it up here on this tab. 
computer's not going to go with it, so we'll just advise you to take a look. Oh, here it comes. I was going to say, well, lost it. Uh, we'll, we'll advise you to look it up. Just Google it, Title 29 U.S. Code or USC Section 157. Basically says that as long as you're doing something in advancement of the uh, union uh, or protection of the members, uh, you can say most anything. There is a new de decision by the NLRB, the current NLRB that's been appointed by our current president that surely loves us. Um, is uh, it's, it's a little constricting when uh, you make comments about con uh, protected concerted act at, that are protected concerted activities, then uh, you have to be a little bit cautious uh, if you're in a group uh, setting in particular. So uh, that was one of the recent decisions. So it's been mitigated to some degree. Having said that, uh, I, I did. I just lost that tab for something for some reason, Jeff. I apologize to the listener. I was going to re read that whole thing, but uh, computer's a little slow, and I just simply it just vanished here. So I will not go look it up. I'll just suggest that you can find it there. So, uh, and you know, it's it's something that's been around since the Wag that is part of the Wagner Act. So that came to be in 1935. Okay. Uh, Next up, uh, this week's quote. Jeff, you want to take that? Sure. To be to build a strong team, you must be someone else's strength as a complement to your weakness, not that a threat to your position or authority. And that's from Christine Kane. Uh, right. That's courtesy of uh, 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 G.K., a uh, friend of the show, uh, and uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, so much appreciated. There are a number of folks in leadership that need to take this to heed uh, because they have been uh, really, really uh, acting like little dictators and, uh, and threatened by anybody that actually challenges or talks to them. So, for example, um, and that was the example I was going to use on this uh, protected concerted activity. We had a, uh, a, uh, a guest on the show, on our last show, uh, Lincoln, that came on. And uh, let's just say that Lincoln got threatened within a week of being here. And everything that he said, by the way, was educational. It wasn't looking for sympathy or anything like that. And it was protected concerted activity okay and if he were to get threatened within a week by a, a member of leadership in, in the union that would violate three federal laws it would be in two instances unfair labor practice and a violation of his protected concerted activity and our protected concerted activity on this show by bringing him on. Uh, so if that ever were to happen, that would be, you know, a violation no less than three federal laws. Uh, additionally, uh, one of the regions has sent out uh, do not discuss, uh, notice to do not discuss contract language or contract 
information on any of the uh, sites on Facebook. Uh, that is clear violation of protected concerted activity. And we would ask any and all leadership uh, to cease and desist from such threats. We, uh, we kind of get what we're not supposed to be talking about in public, and you'll see that later in the show. Um, but uh, you can't tell us what not to discuss. We have, uh, uh, obviously, the First Amendment, but we also have that protection in the Labor Code. Now, that, that's not absolute. There's a lot of reasons that you can't say and do just anything you want to. And quite frankly, uh, union negotiations with management are, uh, while they're ongoing, uh, uh, discreet, you know, and, and uh, not supposed to be out front. Uh, and that, that's, that's up to you folks in leadership to protect that. Uh, so if we have discussions about what may or may not happen, for example, we're going to hold the, you to account to make sure the Constitution is upheld in the CBA, Collective Bargaining Agreement. We're, that's, that's our right to tell everybody we, we intend to, to do that. Don't tell us what to say. Okay? If you have uh, confidential information, don't let it get out. That's your business. It's your job to do that, not ours. And, you know, we'll be discreet. These are big issues about enforcing the contract. Okay? Thank you. All right, Jeff. Uh, you want to uh, get in there and, and reiterate the consequences for uh, uh, temporary language remaining in the contract and uh, actually read uh, what's uh, what the Constitution says on that matter? Would you want to do that, please? Sure, I'll do that. This is Article 13, Section 22. It shall be left to the discretion of the local union to determine the duration of the period for which work permits are issued. In no case, however, shall work permits be issued to any worker for a period of more than three consecutive months. And that's how it's worded. So if after three consecutive months, they're full time. And Correct. our leadership is not doing a damn thing about it. In fact, they have negotiated contracts that say that it's okay to do that. And yep. that's violation of the Constitution and subject to all of the Constitution, including Article 31, violation of the Constitution, among other things. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of other things. <laughs> Conduct of becoming, lots of things. Um, yeah. And we won't get into how you're supposed to write all that up because, you know, it's just you should read the Constitution and learn that. Uh, so uh, I'll take the next one, Jeff, if that's all right. Uh, we'll get in here and just give a little background information. I want to look and first look at the uh, 
switchboard. Last I looked, it was pretty full. So I want to thank all the listeners in the switchboard. Thank you very much for being there. Much appreciated. Um, uh, there's a fellow by the name of Richard Neustadt, and that's the German pronunciation because I kind of lived there for a long time. I got in a, uh, a little debate with one of my professors uh, of the that time, and he said it's just simply Neustadt, but it's Neustadt, that's how it's pronounced because of the way it's spelled, and it's German. And he said that power comes from three uh, things, perception of legitimacy, prestige, and office. And prestige is perception of legitimacy over time. In other words, you've done things long time, long enough to have prestige. You know, there's a lot of people that are just out there kind of new in the last couple of years. They don't have prestige. They may have perception of legitimacy, but the prestige takes a lot longer to establish. And you're seeing that in these candidates at the national level uh, that watch these debates in the last or last couple of nights, I guess, last week. So, um, uh, and a couple of examples, uh, uh, well, let me just say that, as you noticed, uh, perception of legitimacy, where legitimacy itself, legitimacy itself is key to all of that three-legged stool of power, if you will. And the media has come into play recently in the, in the last, say, 40 years or so, recent in the big scheme of things. Uh, so they have a little bit of authority with uh, how much they'll give you, too. And they buy ink by the barrel. Of course, there's a lot of the uh, ink by the barrel places, otherwise known as newspapers, closing including the Youngstown Vindicator. We had some sad news about that this past week. Five churches in, in the Youngstown area closing as well, so that's kind of sad as well. So, But uh, Neustadt also went on to say that anytime someone jeopardizes a person or an organization's legitimacy, they need to be removed. And there's a couple glaring examples about this. Uh, in the late 50s, uh, President then-President Eisenhower uh, had a Secretary of State who deviated with Eisenhower's publicly stated policy, and 20 minutes later, the Secretary of State was looking for a new job. Eisenhower, whatever you think of him, was a five-star general and an amazing leader and a reasonable president. He, you know, major things that went against labor, and he understood the economy very, very well. He always wanted to keep inflation around 5%. He kind of got it. He was probably uh, one of the better Republican presidents we've seen in modern time. Um, and because he really cared about the country, he wasn't just a con man. He truly, really cared about our country. The other example is Joe Paterno. Joe Paterno, because of the scandal, and he was at the helm of the department that had the scandal, 
jeopardized the very legitimacy of that university that they worked for. And the university, knowing full well about Neustadt's theories and how that needs to occur, they felt that their legitimacy could be returned if they removed him and all about him. There's not a plaque, a statue, a piece of paper with his name on it in that university as we speak. They just essentially removed him in total from that university. So those are two of the examples. So part of the reason I said that is, uh, and part of the show teaser was more malfeasance. Now, we had a, one of our investigators go over to O'Fallon, Missouri, this past week and found out some interesting things. Uh, and because of our ethics, uh, we reserved the right not to publish this information because it's very, very damning for our union. And we are, in the end, true unionists, each and every one of us. Would you agree, Jeff? Yes. So um, there's some things going on uh, in that area uh, that are uh, bad uh, without going into detail. Uh, there's a possibility of them being fraud and or racketeering. Uh, and... Again, uh, we uh, don't want to put this information out. With, um, that's about all we dare say, that the, these are potential violations of that sort of law. And uh, we don't know, uh, you know, who in total individually may be involved. I don't want to taint any good people that are there because they have some very good leaders. But at the same time, there's people with whole committees that report to them that probably should have known about this uh, when you have upwards of 26 or 27 persons that report to you daily you probably got a sense that that's going on and might not tell everybody else. So uh, we would call on our international leadership to act according to Richard Neustadt's writings as that would be in the best interest of their leadership, of the leadership in general, and all of the membership. Uh, we wouldn't want to have the national agreements tainted, tainted with this issue. And that's about as far as we can go with that right now. There are some people who have published it on social media. We're not going to talk about it here, nor will we be publishing it on any of the things that we control. So having said that, uh, 
that's about uh, as much as we dare say about that malfeasance. Uh, it's not good, uh, and we call on the international leadership to at least purge anyone that may be involved with the national agreement so that they don't have more of a problem than they already have. Okay, so that's as far as we dare, dare take that. Okay, Jeff, uh, the next item is uh, something that you're pretty uh, versed in has to do with politics. Do you want to take that there? Unless, do you have any comments on that? That issue there. No, I, no, I, I agree with you. No, it, what's going on is, like you said, we're not going to make comments about it. Right. There's, okay. So, yeah. okay. In modern times, since TV presence of the 1960 presidential election, if you, if an incumbent president had a primary opposition that that president lost in the general election. If the incumbent president did not have a primary opposition, that president has always won his bid for re-election. This dynamic is a tremendous hurdle to overcome in any other elections, including the upcoming one. Um, you know, elections. Any election can be can be uh, rigged, and I think we've seen a few of that those examples over the last eighteen years um, regarding the the electoral college. But uh, right now, it's a sad state of affairs. What's going on? Yes, it is, Jeff. And, uh, you know, it's nothing new. I'll, I'll just say this. I mean, I was I was a young, young fellow, still living in the Youngstown area on the north side, and I was uh, uh, actually, I, 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 at that time, I was living in an old mansion on the north end of town near the uh, Wick Oval. Uh, so that's uh, how far back that uh, I go there and where I actually was staying at. There was five of us that rented that mansion. It was kind of nice. Um, um, but I worked at a, a gas station. Uh, that's, you know, I mean, we made money then. You know, you could, it was minimum wage, but it was enough to live on pretty well. You know, we kind of made do with, you know, we lived a little higher life, and so we pulled our money and got together and, and rented that mansion many bedrooms we didn't we never used all the bedrooms uh and you could live a really good life i mean you, i could have you know lived on that money uh, had my own little apartment if i wanted but we wanted to live a little differently so we did um and it was impressive you know who are you trying to impress when you're a young guy you know all the girls right yeah so <laughs> uh at, at least we did <laughs> and so but i was working at this gas station and uh, a couple of fellows come in and filled up their gas, and 
they were full of themselves, for sure. I chit chat with them a little bit. I'm kind of even then pretty, pretty outgoing. And I said, "Where are you going?" I said, "They said, well, we're going over to Akron, and we're gonna, we're gonna fix that election, make sure it goes the way we want it to." <coughs> election, I think, way back in the '60s. So this isn't anything that's new, okay? Uh, one of the things that's new, like Jeff just reported, is that if you have primary opposition, any president that did, uh, we're talking Jimmy Carter and Bush one, Herbert Walker Bush, both had primary opposition, and they lost. They had primary opposition in their caucus, their party, and they lost their general election bid. Each and every other president, Reagan, Johnson, Nixon left early, we know, but he won his re-election bid, okay, second term. And uh, somebody sent me something here, so... Uh, where are we at? Not sure. Somebody sent me something in. Uh, hmm. Oh, I don't know what that meant. So, um, all right. Thanks for that. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people are, uh, I guess, posting our show out. So we appreciate that. Um, Having said that, um, uh, the rest of them, you know, won. Uh, Clinton won. Bush II won. Uh, Obama won. None of those had primary opposition. The current president does not have primary opposition. If that model holds true, he's likely going to become reelected. And from what well, people... What? I, I believe he does have a... Uh, opposition coming up. Well, I hope Not so. really big news, but it came out about a month ago. There is no Republican. Yeah. They had one guy that came up and they, they kind of took their little Nerf uh, hammer and beat him back down. So I don't know if he's okay. still out there. Uh, I, I just don't know. I, as far as I know, there's none. But I'm, I'm hoping he has some. Because what's going on is very, very scary. You know, the yes. eight cycles of democracy, the last three are apathy. And, of course, during the Viva, we saw apathy. There was one person that jumped up and said, uh, initiated legal action. There were 1,400 uh, letters of opposition out of a million people. 1,400 letters of opposition, and only 22, 26 that, that spoke at the fairness hearing. That's real apathy. The next thing is dependence. Dependence is dependence on government for your subsistence. We know that 48% of the people now need government assistance just to live. So that's dependence. And the last one, my brothers and sisters and listeners around the world, ladies and gentlemen, is back to dictatorship. And with a dictator 
in 1930s. We watched the guns get confiscated in 18 months. We watched concentration camps separate parents from children and deaths occurred. Sound familiar? So, as I hope that he has primary opposition, I look to all of those things for my basis for that. But having looked at the the troop of candidates this past week and having heard everybody else's comments about it, they're not talking about us. They're talking about themselves. They are never going to get reelected or I'm not reelected. They're never going to get elected to president of the United States if they can t- keep this up. And I don't care which one of them it is. Not a one spoke about unionism. Okay? And, I mean, uh, I'm not going to get into the individuals. I'm just not. There are some well-meaning people there but they're so far left that you can't even, you know, catch them with a life preserver on a 500-foot rope. In the end, that's what caused a lot of the failures of elections in the past on both sides. They get so far out there because it's the center. It's the working class. It's the people below the line that are looking for somebody to stop what's going on and to get more money back into our country, not into the hands of the elitists, but into the hands of the working class so that we can have better velocity of money and maintain our schools, churches, newspapers, and plants in our country. And it's not happening. It didn't happen on either of those stage either nights. And we better be very careful, very, very careful. There's a lady that just wrote the book, How to Read the Constitution and Why, and she did an interview, and she said, the demise of our democracy will not be a sudden thing, but rather a slow, progressive thing. We're watching it right before our eyes, brothers and sisters. Take heed and start thinking about what kind of country you want to live in. Because the other types of government with dictators, including communist dictators, state of politics and the field of candidates. Kind of sad we haven't had a labor candidate for a long time, Jeff. Yes, it is. Yeah. If we had had, we wouldn't have chain calculations for 
Social Security benefits where you only get the, the bottom five of the 30-item uh, basket for the CPI. We wouldn't have laws that allow permanent replacements in our country. We need some labor people in there, and that needs to happen like fast because the elitists that are making these decisions are not helping us. And that's on both sides. Okay. Whoever's in charge, get it together or you're going to destroy our country. Stop what's going on. Okay. That's about it. Beat that horse to death. Uh, Jeff, what do you think the best thing that we can do between now and contract to show solidarity uh, from us, the membership, to both those who negotiate the contract and management who is trying to do everything that can't destroy us? Um, get a group of people together, read the current contract, highlight some of the things that are bad in the contract, and there's quite a few, to talk about it and discuss it. And then when the new contract comes up, look to see if there's any changes that are made that what you found out, what's wrong in our current contract. Also, review the Constitution on the duties of the elected officials um, we're supposed to uphold the Constitution. And you can see how they are not doing their job. It doesn't take a genius. A fifth grader can, can figure it out by reading the Constitution. Um, just compare. Get educated. I can't do it for you. You, know? you have to read it for yourselves. So... Get a little group together and start reading. You ain't got much time left. Negotiation to start in about two weeks. So please, this is for your own protection. You know, let's get rid of the AWS, the tier system, you know, and a lot of the other stuff that hurt us divide us and start working as um, one group in solidarity. So that's what I got, Leroy. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Well, uh, do you have anything else to add uh, in closing? Uh, just everybody be safe on uh, 4th of July. Um, the weather's getting warm. Outside today for a little bit, and it was almost 90 and about killed me. Um, but please, when you're handling fireworks, be careful. Those things can hurt you <laughs> badly. Um, just have a safe holiday. And to all the auto workers who are on summer shutdown, you guys be safe as well. You know, enjoy your trips. Just please be safe. You know, we always seem to lose a couple people every shutdown in my plant. 
Um, so just please be careful. Right, right. One of the big accidents this time of the year with grilling out, a lot of people have propane, and you have to be always cautious of propane. But some of the charcoal uh, grills, uh, as people are using them, they didn't light the way they wanted them to light, and they'd go and spray more lighter fluid on them. And every season, there are a number of people where that follows the stream, the fire straw follows the stream up and explodes the can. I, mm-hmm. somebody, lighter fluid or gasoline or whatever. I have an iron worker friend who's now deceased due to the fact that he was doing it just exactly that and the can blew up and he was burnt and the the uh, burns caused his demise. He actually died from him. And he's got a widow and some kids. You know, they're, they're older. He's re- he was retired, but still an iron worker and just retired. Uh, so please, everybody, just be careful. Take your time. Have fun. You know, we gave you the whole list of stuff that's you know, Jeff did. It's uh, on the, uh, uh, you know, union uh, made products and things, you know, Budweiser's one. I believe Miller Beer's also one. I believe we were, we actually represent Miller, Miller Beer in Cincinnati. Yes. As I recall. Yeah. So that's the only beer you can buy at Black Lake. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> you go for us for a Budweiser. They say, now you can have a Miller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So hey, we're going to expand that Budweiser Miller too. So, but. Uh, yeah. So uh, I, I don't. As some of you know, I don't drink anymore. I haven't for 21 years. Rare, rare, rare exceptions. But uh, usually once around the holidays, a small drink, and then sometime around my birthday, a small drink, and I let it go with that pretty much. So, but you know, you feel feel free to go out and have fun. You know, just have a good time, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. And uh, with that said, thanks to all of our. Uh, listeners around the, the world, uh, to our friends and uh, co-workers in Canada and our uh, co-workers in uh, Mexico, thank you for listening. All of the workers and union and non-union here in the United States, uh, any union that you might be a uh, member of, we appreciate you dialing in. And please just tell one more person it's working. It really is. Uh, I hope you found value in all of what we talked about this evening. And if you did, just tell one more person. Uh, We try to educate you with some new stuff every week. So thank you very much for listening, and have a safe week. Catch you in a couple of weeks. Good night. Good night, Jeff. Good night, everyone.